millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for us and us I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along Team lost 2-0, they're four points above the drop zone, the manager's under real pressure, the fans booed one of his substitutions, and then a member of the Charlton contingent in the director's box appeared to goad the unhappy fans and then made it even worse with some ill-advised messages on social media today. I'm telling you, Charlton Athletic are the best soap opera going at the moment. <laughs> Soap opera, indeed, it is here at the Valley at the moment. Good evening, welcome to Charlton Live. My name is uh, is Louis Mendes. I hope you're well uh, on tonight's show. Of course, we're going to have to look back at yesterday's uh, very disappointing two 0 defeat up uh, up at London Road against Peterborough. And to join me in the studio to do that, we've got the the grand and the oldest man of Charlton Live, Mr. Terry Smith. How are you doing, Tell? Oh, I'm all right. Oh, sorry, I thought it was going to juice Tom. Then. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So yeah, good. Yeah, survive. Uh, yeah, and, um, not looking forward to this show because I think we'll have nothing to talk about whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> and uh, joining the pair of us, as, as you would have just heard there. Mr. Tom Wallin, how are you doing, Tom? All right, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, you've had a. You, you were at the game yesterday as well, so. Yeah, yeah. You, you all right after that? 
Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's no different to normal, is it, at the moment? Yeah. So. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you're all joining us for tonight's group therapy. As, uh, as we <laughs> say, we'll look back at yesterday's uh, 2 0 defeat uh, up at Peterborough. We're going to hear for, from the Addicts manager, Carl Robinson. Uh, we're going to, what else are we going to do? We're here to read your, your tweets and emails and stuff. And I'm certain there's a, a few topics you, you people want to. Uh, Want to cover this evening, and it's up to you if you if you want to send any emails in. I'm not going to tell you what to email about, but it, that's totally up to you. Uh, Belgium twenty were out. They, they met Roland again yesterday, so I think we should probably give that a little a little mention. Then, of course, uh, in in the upcoming week, there's a couple of things really that we want uh, Charlton fans to get behind. So we're going to talk about that as well. We want to fill the value on Tuesday night, as we mentioned on Thursday show as well, for uh, PC Keith Palmer uh, for the MK Dons game. Don't forget, 50% of the uh, match ticket sales are going to, to his family, so it's important that we get as many people as down, uh, down as possible. Uh, and also we're going to hear from Terry from the Child Athletic Community Trust, who's going to do one sort of final push, really, uh, for, for people to come along to the Upbeats March next week. So we're, we're, we're going to talk about those on tonight's show as well. Uh, but Terry, just before we, we play your highlights... Uh, what did you make of the game? Yeah, that won't take long, I suspect. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, a strange game, really. I mean, the first oh, I don't know, hour, I suppose, it was, um, and, and anybody who listened to the commentary yesterday probably picked up on it, it was uh, both sides strewn with mistakes after mistakes. You know, there was some little bit of good play, and then um, the final ball would be 50 yards too long or over hit, and both sides were guilty of doing it. Uh, the, the chances that did come, uh, were fashioned by us mostly in that first half and uh, it, we seem to be saying this a lot this season um, had it been um, had any of those first I don't know five or six chances that we did have a couple of really glorious ones uh, been converted who knows what we'd be talking about now maybe a completely different show entirely and the, the whole attitude and um, I don't know. The emotions wouldn't quite be as high as in, in, in a certain direction as they are now. But um, if that happened as well, Brian Haynes wouldn't have just been able to tell us that almost unnoticed, but it make, and it makes no difference. But playoffs are now mathematically impossible. Ah, oh, uh, you so. know, it's hardly worth going now, is it? Yeah, <laughs> well, I was in the mood for a good show until you said that, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we didn't, and that's been our problem all season. And uh, for me, I think, um, uh, albeit the, the fact that the substitutes were uh, the substitutions as we as we found out later were enforced, well, one we knew about, but the other one um, less so. Uh, as soon as we made our changes and they made theirs, different game entirely. We stopped playing. We stopped knowing how to play. They, on the other hand, seemed to get a lift from it, and uh, that was it. Game over. And the reaction to the goal that we conceded as well was uh, left a lot to, to be desired. Well, really. you know, it, it seemed like they made a substitution. We obviously didn't realise who it was they substituted because we left them all alone on the far post for the first one. I mean, he had the freedom of the city uh, at the far post to, to put that away. And all right, it was a, he, he headed it exactly the place where it needed to be, but I'd have bet uh, any one of us would probably have done the same given the, char- uh, the time he had to do it, and uh, he picked his spot. Uh, second goal, you've got to give him a bit of credit, apart from the fact, again, we gave him the freedom of the city to run from the halfway line to the corner of our penalty box. Decent finish, got to give him that credit, but uh, he shouldn't have been able to get that far in the first place. Mm, right. um, and we never looked like coming back into it at all. Yeah, excellent. And on that happy note, uh, don't forget, if you, want, if you guys want to have your say on anything that happened yesterday at, at London Road, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum where there's a, a thread on there for, for tonight's show. Uh, I think we should probably have a quick, quick listen to the highlights with, uh, with Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley uh, reporting on yesterday's defeat up at London Road. He's uh, running at the Peterborough defence, finds Tony Watt, he's got Holmes on the outside, back in oh, the Novak, he's got a score out, oh, oh what a saving tackle ball. that is by Boswick, but he comes out here to Holmes again, back onto his left foot, tries the shot, blocked again, this time by Williams, ball now from Jackson out to Byrne, Byrne crossing opportunity, gets it across and it's again Boswick who gets the ball away. Watt, 
What back to Novak. Novak uh, beats the first man, takes a shot. Oh, and the near side is a good save by McGee. Well, I don't know if he was unsighted or was unsuspecting, but he wasn't expecting that ball to be down on that right-hand corner. And he just got the, down to his right-hand side to stop the ball going in the back of the net. Finds Forrester inside. Forrester, a little through ball looking for Moraes, cut out by Tixera, and Novak has it. Novak, oh, first ball, ball. Tony Watt, Tony Watt bearing down on goal. Tony Watt tucks a touch and oh. good tracking by Fidon Williams and Tony Watt couldn't really get anything on it and in the end goes to Luke McGee. And it was almost like Tony Watt ran out of puff there at the end. Fidon Williams shall take, he throws inside to Madison. Madison exchanges passes with Silva Lopez, goes for goal and parried away from Brady Sura all the way. It's a comfortable save in here but he made it probably made it a little bit of a meal of it. And there is the half-time whistle to conclude a fairly quiet first 45 minutes, although Charlton did have a couple of opportunities. What to his right is Forskaski. The ball isn't the greatest, but Forskaski has it. Forskaski crossing opportunity, chips in towards oh. Tony Watt. Cleared away by Smith, but Holmes picks it up on the byline. Ricky Holmes in the penalty area. On his left foot, Ricky Holmes, good block by Baldwin. It comes out to Byrne. Charlton with the pressure. Burns cross is a decent one. It's all oh. for Sikaski, who oh, heads wide. It, should have left it for Tony Watt. I don't think he knew that, obviously, but Tony Watt was tanking in behind him. It's going to be a left foot out swinger fry into, into the box. There's six yard box. Oh, it's a super save from Declan Rudd. And then he ball cannons back off of Forrest, um, Boswick and he grabs the rebound. It was a proper goal mouse scramble, that one, wasn't it? <laughs> Just pinball in the penalty area. I think Boswick. Almost got on the end of the ball first. And, uh, and it came off, I think it might have even come off a Charlton leg, and Rudd did well to tip it away. Novak, Murray, but Murray wins it, tries to find Mikhail Smith. That's a great interception from Teixeira, but it'll run to Madison. Into this near side corner, and now he swings it across, and there's Samuelson at the far side of the six-yard box. Free header, and Peterborough have the lead. Oh, Charles' defender was absolutely woeful there. Madison cuts onto his left foot. We all saw Samuelson at the back post. He acres the space. It's a perfect delivery from Samuel uh, from Madison. And Samuelson managed to head head home shortly after coming on for Peterborough. Disappointing from Charlton. Very disappointing from Charlton. Samuelson in the central position comes in this near side to Madison or attack Chipson on the Charlton left corner of the penalty area. Step over. Tries to lift it in the corner and oh, it's in. What a goal! That's a quality goal from Madison. What a lovely goal that is from Marcus Madison. Just driving towards Charles penalty area. Step over, step over, and then just chips it. It's caught rubbed by surprise. It's come off the underside of the crossbar and into the net. And Peterborough are going to win this game. Well, that was 2 0 at the Valley, and it's 2 0 here at Peterborough. And there is the final whistle. And Charlton have succumbed to a 2 0 defeat here at the Abex Stadium. Uh, always good to listen back to, uh, to yeah, the highlights. Yeah, I'm overjoyed with that. <laughs> I mean, Tom, like I say, you, you were there. Uh, did did you see that that coming as the, as the game was progressing? How, how did you see it? Not really. Like that that first twenty or twenty five minutes, it was such a crap game. It was just one of those games that really makes you remember w- what league we're in. And uh, for now, yeah, yeah, I did. I just didn't see either team getting a goal. Like Terry says, it was full of mistakes. People trying to play long balls. No one was getting near anything. And then. Uh, we made those substitutions and they did uh, we left Samuel Samuelson unmarked for that goal and then it, that mental fragility that we had for well most of this season but there was a particular period where it was happening week in week out it just came back and the team completely fell apart and after that I was surprised it wasn't more in the end yeah. I mean, after the performance we put up at 
uh, Sheffield United a, cu- a couple of weeks ago. You know, we thought that we'd, in terms of we don't we still only won one in out of those four games, but those those last four games have seen improvement in performances, and it was only one change from the team that that, that played up at Bramwell Lane. We uh, we were probably uh, probably expecting to see more of the same, really. Well, you, you know, I do hold back a bit to to those chances. Had, had we put one or two of those away, uh, then we'd probably be now looking at think and thinking, well, four good performances, one perhaps slightly less so, but we got the win. You know, we got we got the win because uh, you know we're, our confidence is up. Uh, we buried the chances, and and on we go. But as Tom said, <clears throat> that fragility's still there, uh, and clearly still there because. Uh, we didn't take the chances, and you sort of got the feeling once once you'd gone past the first half and the first ten minutes of that first half, and we we had another couple of chances that, mm. that we didn't take. You just started to think it's you know it's it's it, it's written in the stars again, isn't it? But I thought, and I thought at the time, I thought this is going to peter out to a nil nil because they really didn't look like scoring either. No. I mean, they no. they weren't very good at all. Well, they were having just sort of all, all sort of long shots really in long terms, price, in, I mean, in particular in the first half. Exactly. So I mean, when they made, when we made the subs and, and Jacko coming off um, was key because I think we lost that um, sort of glue in the middle that he provides. Uh, that's not to say he was having the greatest game on the planet either, because I don't think anybody was. But you know, we lost that central um, adhesiveness. Really, uh, they brought on. I think first was Mikael Smith, who mm. who started to worry the two, you know, Bauer and, and Teixeira a lot more than uh, Forrester uh, or Nichols. Sorry, had Nichols, done up to yeah. that point. Um, and then they brought Samuelson on for Forrester, and Forrester again was largely anonymous uh, for most of the game. Um, but because we'd brought on in the meantime, we brought on uh, Crofts. We'd, brought, we'd taken off Tony Watt, who I thought up to that point had a decent game, but clearly was trouble with that ankle. And uh, there was a chance, I think, um, that I commented on that it looked like he'd run out of puff. Um, and we had three players up there. What it obviously was, he just went to, to hit it with with an ankle or stand on the ankle that wasn't working. Mm. And he couldn't mm. muster up the strength to, to swing his foot from the other, you know, because it, it gave way, I guess. So um, it was clearly troubling him. But as soon as he took what off, McGuinness went up there. Um, and and sadly, because Novak then pulled um, his hamstring, what was it, uh, just before Samuelson come on, we ended up with one up front again. And that just st- stopped any sort of chance we had of, of, of scoring at all because um, we just we just can't do it with one up front. Yeah, that doesn't doesn't seem to do it for us. Right, I mean, we, we talked about those chances in the first half and now it's a player that, that was you know, controversially defended by myself mm. a couple of weeks ago, Lee Novak. Um, <coughs> now, I mean... Again, he was involved with stuff. He was through balls, creating chances, but he's just, he's not he's not scoring the goal at the moment. No. And that and that and obviously we 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 need to be putting away those chances like that one on one we saw after about fifteen minutes or so. Mm. Uh, we we can't we can't just give up these these opportunities because we're we're desperate for goals. It's what I said to Nath yesterday when we on I think on our maybe even on our group chat like we we can't afford to carry a striker who needs to play his way back into form. We just can't. It was the same with Tony Watt took five or six games and people were getting on his back and then scored two two or three goals quickly and, and people kind of laid off him a little bit but Novak looks low on confidence I think he's still struggling with, with injuries um, obviously yesterday uh, and and as you say we, we can't afford to carry that because we need goals and we need them now and he had a couple of good chances early on I thought I've seen the highlights back and that longer shot that the keeper got down well to save was actually not a bad effort he's working hard he's running hard he's trying his best but he's going to be judged on his goals and the situation we're in not only the relationship between club and fans but the league position we're in at the moment we we can't afford to do that and so people are going to be quick to leap on his back that, that first chance um 
which mm. was the best, I guess. Uh, the shoot, you're right. The shot with a very small back lift was a, was a great shot, uh, and he does work hard, no question about it. Uh, and I like, you know, I quite like that work ethic, no question. You know, I'm not problem. I haven't got a problem with that. But uh, you know, a good striker, a good and uh, you know, a good striker is confident, I guess. But that first chance, uh, it was a good saving tackle uh, by Boswick. But he shouldn't have been able to get to that position in the first place. A striker who's in confidence, the first thing they do is shield mm. the ball away from whoever's trying to get it. Worst case scenario, you get a penalty. Best case scenario, you get your shot away, and it's a goal, hopefully. Um, he's, 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 he's looking for that extra touch. He's looking for that surety mm. that people with no confidence do. And, uh, and that's, as much as I sympathise him with him for, with that, we haven't got the, we haven't got the, um, what's the word? We haven't got the, the, uh, the, the, the joy of being able to accommodate that you know mm. we haven't got that uh, comfort blanket of saying all you know we'll play him in. he'll get he'll, we'll get one off his backside and then he'll be fine we're four points away from the relegation spots we can't afford it for that to happen yeah uh, we talked a lot about decision making in the final third over over the course of the season really but I mean twice you know, towards the end of that first half like the first one you mentioned that with Tony Watwell I mean you think it might have been down to his ankle but if he'd moved that ball along quicker yeah yeah and there was a second one a few a few minutes before half time which was a uh, Sort of like a three-on-two. Now, I, I'm not sure if I've got the right person here because I thought that Holmes was the one who should have played it out wide. But listen back to the commentary. It sounds like it should have been Novak who, who played well, it the wrong way. Um, no, uh, Holmes went right uh, and Watt went left. And he tried to find Tony Watt. When Holmes was you know, at pace going past him, if he'd have sl- slipped in uh, Ricky Holmes, he'd have been past the defenders and one-on-one with a keeper. Tony Watt was stationary. Uh, pretty much, and he passed it to Tony Watt, which sort of yeah. stopped the move. All the momentum, all stopped, the momentum went. Yeah, uh, if it had passed it to Holmes, uh, we probably you can't say for sure we'd have scored. And who knows? But uh, we'd have had a better chance of doing so. Yeah, uh, running time to go says our strikers are really struggling, and we have one that is finding the net, but he's on loan at Swindon. Yeah. Uh, but Carl Robinson knows best. Now we got to half time. We had the excitement of chipping the ball into a skip. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is right up my street to be fair I prefer the wheelie bin version at Sheffield Wednesday because it's smaller target but uh, then we had our, probably our last real chance of the game uh, our last proper good chance of the game about seven minutes into the second half and Ricky Holmes had that, that effort after a few bundles that got saved in the near post and I think there was a cross to it uh, you know, seconds later towards the far post it was just over Forster Kasky perhaps but it, it, again in terms of real chances I think we saw one where Freddie was running towards the, the box with the ball but that was it really I was about to say like I love him. You, everyone knows that. But when Frederick Olverstad has two or three of your best chances from distance, you know you're struggling because <laughs> for everything that he's good at, and I thought even some of yesterday's play, best play came through him. He's not going to get us goals. And as you say, the last half hour it was him bursting forward was about all we really did. And Terry's right. The the substitutions that forced us to change our formation and McGuinness. I mean, he's having to then play up on his own, having just come back from an injury. You know that. It was never going to be ideal, um, and all of that just came together, and it just looked like we had no attacking threat whatsoever, and it just seemed to be, even Ricky overran a couple of things at the end, and when he's not on his game as well, then really we've got no chance. Uh, John Pitcher says that we badly need Pierce uh, back to organise things at the back, neither Bauer or Tex have that ability. Uh, obviously Jason was on, was on the bench yesterday, unused, uh, unused substitute, but that's the first time he's been in the squad since he got that injury in December. So. I'd um, I'd lay a, a fair chunk of my mortgage on the <coughs> fact that he might play on Tuesday. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, um, how, how much of your mortgage? Are you uh, want to... A fair chunk of what's yeah. left, which is about one pound fifty. No, I think um, having watched him train post match, uh, they put him through some physical, um, <coughs> um, I don't know, sprints uh, and um, uh, and jogging and stuff and manoeuvres, and he looks 
fit enough in that in that little section. That, I mean, all right, it's only fifteen minutes of, uh, of of what power sprinting, but he kept up with uh, Joe Aribo. Um, I can't remember who the other one was, but uh, he looks he looks fit enough now. I mean, obviously, match fitness is a whole different ball game, but we <clears throat> you know we are in a position where we need somebody to marshal that back four. Because we clearly haven't got one. Mm. Mm. Uh, right. So then, uh, then came the one, one of the mo- one of the many moments of controversy uh, when when the substitution was going to be made. It's just uh, just just before sort of seventy minutes, I think it was, and, and uh, we see McGinnis lining up, and uh, and and it's, it's Tony Watt's number that comes up, and obviously the, at that point, I f- the fans start booing and. I mean, everything I'm getting from Twitter and, and from whatnot is suggesting the reason they were booing is because they wanted Novak to go off and not mm. and not Tony Watt. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly well. Just from from sitting with the fans, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't everybody. Um, there, well, every I think everybody agreed that Novak didn't have his best game, but there were some obviously more vocal than others. But yeah, the ex- expectation was that Novak was coming off. People had been chanting for McGuinness on and Novak off, and then. You see that substitution, everyone's pumped because they see no uh, McGuinness coming off the bench and then Watt's number comes up and it was complete shock when when it was Watt's number that went up. Yeah. Do you know, I think um, in, in hindsight, obviously, uh, because um, we now know that Watt's, uh, Watt's uh, ankle injury was the reason that, that he got pulled off. And I'm sure in hindsight, Carl Roms would have thought, well, if, I, if I'd have kept Novak on, rather than... Um, sorry, no, if I'd have... Um, if, uh, in the substitution that he made, uh, had he kept Watt on, uh, and taken Novogov and taken a bit of a risk, then of course ultimately it would have proved better because Novogov got injured about two minutes later. Yeah. That just sums up our season, doesn't it? Really, yeah. the fact that he takes off uh, what and then two minutes later, or however many minutes it was, uh, Novak got to, uh, gets uh, pulls what looks like a groin. Yeah, it's, it's something that's happened a couple of times this season where fans have been unhappy with the substitution. I remember specifically it happened up at Fleetwood where I think it was Ricky Holmes coming off. Do you yeah. remember? And yeah. it was running the Charlton fans there were behind the goal and some in the stand, which was right behind. Uh, Russell Slade. I remember Russell being really wound up about that. We, we got a decent point up there. He came out uh, to the interview and he was really wound up about it. Wasn't, wasn't he? was that Paul Vale? <coughs> no, that was that was uh, yeah. definitely Fleetwood. Was, Fleetwood was it? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I remember it. But yeah. I'm trying to remember the, uh, Was it Morgan Fox coming off here when he got uh, ironically cheered like yeah. the opposite way? That was this season as well. Yeah, yeah, possibly. So yeah. I think like, and again, all those seem to point to the fact uh, that performance, not only just performances, but results, just aren't good enough, and so fans are going to get disgruntled and. When Novak eventually went off, and you know whether he held his hands up to apologise or whatever it was, I'm not 100 percent sure. But I did say like he's a human being, uh, and he's it's not like he's going out there to perform badly. I understand completely why people are so angry because they want goals from their strikers, and he's not delivering that. But when you're losing games, when you're four points off the bo- uh, relegation zone in League One, when you've had the uh, accounts that we've just seen, when everything's as bad as it is, it's not a surprise that a portion of fans are going to be that vocal about it because they've got nothing, pretty much nothing to be happy about. Yeah, so I've made I've made the point very various times. I've never been one personally for, for booing players, but you can, uh, after everything we've been through over the last few years, I'm surprised, mm. I'm surprised I don't get booed, to be honest with you. <laughs> You obviously haven't heard me then. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark Griffiths says uh, four of the remaining six fixtures are against teams below uh, MK, just above and South End in the playoffs. Where is the next win, though? Because I mean, it doesn't seem to matter what what's end of the table we're playing at the moment. It's our performances uh, or our results are the, are the reason we're, we're, we're down there, really. Uh, as you said, ironically, a couple of minutes later, Novak did get injured, and Tom, you just you just sort of alluded to it there. I mean, he was coming off, and the, the, there was some booing, some clapping. There seems to be a thumbs up towards, I assume, the fans who are clapping, and then some clapping. But I mean, Either that or he's, um, he's taking the mickey a bit. Mm, yeah, uh, it was one which, of the two, yeah, and I couldn't tell which. Yeah, because uh, he obviously... 
saw the, the, the booing, or heard the mm. booing even. And if he didn't, I managed to accidentally tell him after the game anyway. <laughs> you did, yeah. When we were, standing on the, we were standing on the side of the pitch, and I was saying to one of the, one of the guys standing there, saying, oh, did you hear the booing of Novak? At which point the person I was speaking to was like, uh, and he stood literally right behind me. <laughs> Louis hadn't quite grasped the time and the place concept. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the game, and then, so it's, it's only minutes later, and, and uh, Martin Samuelson's given the freedom of a... Uh, of of that far side of the box, I thought I thought uh, uh, Marcus Madison who put the crossover and then scored the second goal. I thought he was probably their most their most well, dangerous player. Well, he was he was in the latter part of the second half because the person who was who was basically um, taking him out of the game uh, was uh, was Jacko. Jacko. Yeah, <laughs> and he hadn't had a sniff up to that point. As soon as Jacko went off, he had again he had the freedom of the park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, it was only what six or seven minutes later that second goal no, I mean, you have to applaud the quality of the, of the finish there. I thought it was a great goal but you, you're going to look at those challenges we put in in the, in the build up to, to or the or didn't as the case yeah. may be yeah I mean, I mean that, that's just not good enough you can't let someone who's run, run at you running out of your box I mean if, you, if he gets towards the edge of the box he can do anything I mean we weren't expecting that, that delicious little chip but he can fire a shot from there he can get into the penalty area and go down There's, you can't just, can't just let people run into your area yeah I, I mean Chickson was was from a very deep starting point, so we just allowed him to come all the way to him. Uh, and once you do that, and the guy's got momentum, there's you know, all right, nobody was expecting him to shoot like that, but everybody was expecting him to go past Chickson, and he would have done had he uh, had he chosen to do that as well, because um, obviously Chickson's expecting somebody to stop him further up the pitch, but there's nobody there to do that. Uh, so then the uh, final whistle goes, and it leaves us dangling four points above the relegation zone. I mean. How has it got to this? How, how has it got to the situation where we're, we're in here on a Sunday night, very nearly at the end of the season, and we're four points above the League One drop zone? I, I, I don't, I can't quite understand it. And uh, I've said for several weeks now that we just need one more win, uh, and I stand by that. I think one more win will see us safe. Uh, I just don't see where, like you said earlier, I just or one of the tweet or emails that came in, I just don't see where it's going to come from at the moment because. We perform okay, we lose. We perform badly, we lose. It, it doesn't really matter at the moment. We're just not able to score goals. And that was it, Scunthorpe we beat recently when me and Tell did the commentary. And that game aside, we just haven't even looked like even close to winning games. And that was a last minute penalty just to get away with that one. So I just don't know where the answer is at the moment. And you, obviously, the, there's a uh, divide in the fans as to who to blame. But you blame Robinson, you blame the ownership, you blame everything. But I think those players have got to take a look at themselves as well because the performances that they're putting in on the whole are just not good enough. And there's, uh, as one of you said earlier, there's just no leadership and not just in that back four. But when Jacko went off, that team just looked, they looked like they've got no captain, no one leading them forward, no one dragging them through this situation. Ricky tries to do it in his performance and that's basically it. And until we, until we have that, we're, we're going to struggle. Excellent stuff. Right, uh, London Giza <coughs> says, uh, we badly need a decent manager, not one who's all talk and no uh, action. And obviously we... You know, we, we heard the booing of the of, of the substitution, which which Carl then come out come out and, and said, oh, it was a force a force substitution. But you, I mean, you certainly tell. I mean, in, in terms of whether Carl's got the support of of the majority of the fans, I mean, that's do you think he has hasn't? I mean, I mean, some fans will back him, some fans won't. How do you how do you think they're leading at the moment? I think I would guess, and who knows? I haven't spoken to them all, but um, you know, you're sort you're sort of guessing that um, that the reason that a lot of the fans will probably want him to hang on is because of everything else that's going on and changing the manager clearly hasn't worked up to this point and so what's to say that whoever we get in and I think probably people are a bit scared of who we might get next yeah. um, that might be uh, most of the reason I mean the, the, but you know and London in it is he's, he's right because you know you've got to blame 
the win percentage, I think, is the lowest now mm. of, of any adult manager. So yeah. that tells its own story. Now, there may be very good reasons for that, um, and and we all know quite a few of them. You know, you probably put um, Bill Shankly in this current setup, and he uh, he probably would struggle to get a win. I think the difference between someone like Coram's and Russell Slade is you'd probably expect Russell Slade to get a few more draws mm. out of the whole thing, and maybe we wouldn't be in this position, but we'd uh, we'd be bored senseless. Yeah. Um, would you rather be bored? Or yes, I would. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I, would. <laughs> I think like I- I've defended him a lot on this show, and it, I think a lot of it is down to perhaps the idea of Carl Robinson as opposed to what we're actually getting, because I see him as this young upcoming manager who's got a lot of ideas and he does play quite expansive football so in my head still that's the manager that we've got but the real realistic fact is we've got a manager who's not picking up results and dragging us further and further towards that relegation zone now maybe if he has a summer and he gets his own team in maybe we will see the Carl Robinson that perhaps I expected but the truth is we haven't got that at the moment um from my point of view I don't want him to go and the only reason like Terry says is I don't know who we're going to get in to make a difference. And, and again, like Terry says, even if it was Jose, Jose Mourinho, then uh, you know I don't see him necessarily turning it around. But I completely understand why people are as vocal against Robinson as, as they are, because results just haven't been good enough since he came in. Yeah, right. Uh, Mark Fusselson said, Teixeira on uh, 12k a week should be a, the best <laughs> defender in this league by a mile. I mean, how much you pay for something doesn't mean anything. I paid £2.60 for this cup of coffee on the way here from the garage. Not the best cup of coffee I've ever had. I mean... <laughs> However, he is—he should be doing better than he is, and I, I don't know personally. I would have him and Pierce alongside each other if they were all fit. I do think Bauer personally. I think Bauer is the the slightly weaker link, but Teixeira himself isn't hasn't been brilliant. But I, for me, you just can't pick out too many individual players because I think as a collective, they've just not got that character at the moment, and and that's the problem. There's no one when we said the mental fragility when we go a goal down. Everybody's looking at other people to try and get them out of trouble, except for Ricky Holmes, who's the one player who gets gets the ball and goes, right, I'm going to change this game, I'm going to do this. Everybody else is kind of, I'll give it to you and you try it, or no one's taking responsibility. And as I say, that's why I have to look at the players as much as the manager. Well, on the chat on Live Forum, Jimmy Seed said that hearing the Red Red Robin at the beginning of the show just brings it home how far away we are from a well-run family club that we used to be. A fresh start is so badly needed, but it seems so far away at the moment. Now, Ross One said, can you ask Carl what's the performance on Saturday? The squad's April Fool's, Fool's Day <laughs> surprise, and will they turn up on Tuesday? Well, unfortunately, we've already done the interview yesterday, Ross, uh, but let's hear it anyway. Ten minutes worth of, of Carl Robertson reacting to yesterday's defeat at London Road. Carl, 2-0 defeat here at Peterborough. What, what did you make of the game today? Um... Last 20 minutes wasn't good enough. It's as simple as that. Um, I thought for the first half we were a better team. At this moment in time, uh, two boxes were not as good as the opposition. Again, today I thought we should have had this game sewn up in the first 45 minutes. All of our, all of our strikers, from one on one to Tony to, to Lee to, to shots from distance, not being able to hit a target with it. I thought territorially, first half, we, we don't think our fans sat here didn't see much of the ball because it was you know, generally in, in their final third. Then from then on, second half, once we had to make the changes, which was forced changes, um, it became a little bit disconnected and we tried to change our shape to try and rectify only having one fit striker on the pitch. It became a little bit more difficult. It's something we talked about a lot over the last few weeks, perhaps decision-making and, and taking your chances in the final third. I mean, what, what can we do to rectify that between now and the end of the season? Well, if, if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got in some way. So you have to change things. We've, we've, we've worked a lot this week on different things. I thought structurally we looked very good in the first half. Um, it seems to me when the goal gets tough, we capitulate and we become 
we become slightly weak in some ways. Um, we know that the result is nowhere near good enough. We know that. Um, at no stage anybody ever said there is. We know there's an awful lot still to do. We know there's certain people that we need to change. We know what we have. But the most important thing is the games that we play now, and, and the results are nowhere near good enough. Uh, the fans at one point seemed a bit upset with, with one of the substitutions. You mentioned it was a, a forced one. I mean, Tony's not trained. Tony's uh, he rolled his ankle uh, Thursday during training. Had to, we had to go in. Um, he struggled with it. He had a fitness test this morning. Um, he played with, with painkillers. Um, he rolled it again in the first half, as you've seen, where he, he sort of gingerly struggled to get up. And uh, it was more of a protection aspect with Tony at the moment because. Like I say, I can't afford to lose him for three, four games. He's playing really well, so it's not always what you see. Um, and Lee Novak with his groin as well. He's had a problem over the last few days. Um, he was in a better place to play today than what Tony was. He didn't need a fitness test this morning, so it, it's not black and white as what well, what you first see. I can't tell people though, can't. <laughs> Uh, you look at the league table now, it's four points above the relegation zone. Yeah. I know there's, there's a buffer of five teams, but that, that small point gap is going to add extra pressure. Yeah, listen, this, this, you should always be under pressure, so it should be something you should be used to. We know that everything's not good enough this moment in time. Listen, we can talk about the owners, we can talk about everything else, but me and the players aren't performing either right now. And we have to take responsibility for that. Because at the end of the day, where we are right now is not acceptable. Um, I know, I've always said to you, I know what I need, I know what has to happen. That's never been in question. But it's, we've got to make sure that we win more games than what we are at the moment because the mentality of the group's nowhere near good enough. And uh, I put myself in that. I said to the players yesterday and this morning that I include the, me in that. It's not being good enough. So at no stage I'm mean, going to come out here and defend the undefendable. And that's me included. But I thought today, for the first hour, we looked a good side. We looked like we dominated possession. We had all the best chances. Just didn't take them. First chance they get, Martin Samuelson, that he scores. Uh, and then the second goal was an unbelievable finish by Madison. We don't seem to be doing that. I, I just said to the players in there, we've only kept eight clean sheets, I think, all season. Um, I think our leading goal scorer is Ricky on nine. It's, 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 and that's midfield players chipping in as well for goals or helping out the back four. So generically, in the two boxes at the moment, we need to improve drastically. We need to be more ruthless in them. I don't think we're ruthless in them two areas. With everything that's planned on Tuesday, obviously it's going to be an emotional day, but it's, a, it's a, an important game for your, yeah, listen, your team uh, as well. Listen, we, 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 we've, it's, as a professional, you've got to go into it to try and win the game, obviously. Um, all the emotions surrounding that, it's going to be very emotional for everybody. I thought two sets of fans here today conduct themselves impeccably well. I thought it was, it was an excellent minute's silence where everybody... Um, should pay the respects. Um, obviously, we're, we've got our own day on Tuesday, um, which is geared towards what the events that happened last week. And I spoke quite passionately about that over the last sort of 48 hours. But we, in the midst of that, we have to win a game of football, and that's, that's what we have to do. That's what would have been wanted by everybody as well. Prior to the international break, Carl, <clears throat> we had four performances that were a significant improvement on, on what went yeah. before that. So, yeah, extra frustrating that we come along today, and, uh, and, and uh, as you said, yep. up to about an hour, um, yep. seemed things to be going okay. We were making chances, but after the changes, we seemed to not be able to cope. Yeah, listen, the players who came on that didn't make a massive impact on the game, and they should do. Crofty's being international, Josh McGuinness is an international, Jordan Mataka's an international. So. They're quality players coming off the bench. It's not like we're putting kids on, we're putting quality players on. And uh, from then on in, we, we didn't grasp the game. Uh, but it became open, this joint, which football always does at 0 0. 
um, especially away from home. But another disappointing factor for me when they scored their first goal, when you see how open and expansive we were so quickly, you go one 0 down. They had a little bit. Of, they had a 15 minute spell where they were all over us. With a 30 minute spell in the first half, we didn't take any of our chances. And I'm in the cold like today. That's as honest and as reflective as it can be. Uh, I'm not ducking anything. I know it's not acceptable. I know what people think. It's it's, it's there. People who are certainly getting told. Um, but we have to roll our sleeves up, be man enough to accept it, and embrace the challenge that lays ahead. Do you think the international break has had a bit of a bearing no. on? No, not at all. No, there's, there's no excuses. Because mm. you see, today for the first 16 minutes, we were the best team. Yeah. Um, so whatever we worked on worked. But I can't go. I think Novak's was a big chance, wasn't it? Yeah, Tony had a one-on-one as well, mm. which he missed, and then I think there's one where we broke through and, and we had two players in on goal and the way to the pass wasn't quite right. Mm. Jake's one low down that he struck, uh, Lee Novak's low down to the right where he made a great save the goalkeeper. I don't remember that happening down the other end. No. But, listen, you, you get judged by the fine margins, which are, well, not fine, they're not fine margins, they're massive margins, but the fine margins which create goals. At this moment in time, we, we get done, and every time we seem to get attacked against us. Yeah, it was odd seeing your team not finish strongly because you've done that the last two or three games. Yeah, listen, there's no, there's no excuse for that. We were very disjointed in the last 20 minutes. We were very disheartened in some ways. I think when they're going that tough and when you're down there, things aren't going your way. One thing that goes against you that capitulates and makes it ten times worse. You know, when you're winning games of football and you go one 0 down, it, it doesn't have any effect on you. You just keep going and keep doing the right things. We sort of fell away. Um, we had to change our shape later on. We went with four three three with three as high as we possibly could to ask more questions of them. Um, and from then on in, it just wasn't good. I think last, from the seventieth minute on, it was nowhere near good enough. Mm. Up to that point, I didn't think there was anything in the game, and probably we edged the chances and edged the, edged the domination of the game. I think everyone who was in the stadium seen that today. But how they won it, sorry, how they won it, they'll go in there think it was an easy two 0 win. Carl, are the players aware of? In fact, they're really banging a relegation scrap. Yeah, that's four points. Or I is it kind I of just crept up on this? No, I don't think it's case crept up on you. You're always disciplined in the fact that you know you've got to get in every, in every industry. You know, there's a points tally that you always got to get to before you can say, yeah, that's 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 past now. Um, and we're nowhere near that. We've got to make sure that we get it very quickly. So a lot of teams in and around us, seven or eight teams, are fighting for four spots and one, and not the other four, obviously. And listen, it is what it is, and there's only us who can put ourselves out of it. And today was not good enough. Would one win? Would you know, I mean? I think forty-seven points. So would fifty points be that? No, being? probably not. No. So as far as you're concerned, you remain in need of more than one, one, maybe two wins. Is it yeah, a scrap? It's always going to be a scrap when you're down there. It's been uh, it's been a constant strap for the last two years for this football club. Mm. So it's uh, it should be something they're used to, and the players have got to they've got to ride this storm. I just said to them, if we'll be in tomorrow, we'll have a chat about it, and we'll go and be quite calculated on what we do going forward. But I don't think many players can last 20 minutes can can say that they did well. What's the buoyancy in the group like in terms of you know, that belief? Oh, I think is it one win in 13? How, how much belief? Oh, listen, is the, the performance has been nowhere near. Only four, only four wins in 20 odd games have walked in the door, so that's not way near good enough either. Um, I don't think at any stage in, in our local press they've dodged any question regarding that. I know what's. I know when I walked in this building, the problems that were going to occur. I knew that. I accepted it with that challenge in mind. It was never going to be a quick fix. Like some clubs, you can go in, you can do one or two things and change it immediately. This is this club's too big. The smaller the club, the easier it is to do that. This is a big club at the level that we're at, and there's so many people that surround and implement what goes on on a daily basis. And it's it's got to be done in the correct manner to move forward. Because all everyone wants is a chance to be successful, um, and that's all we want. That's all the players want. So, and we know today we're being far from that. Our heads low at the moment. Obviously, because we've just been beat. 
in general? Yeah, I wouldn't say they were low in general. I think the last two weeks have been very good, but listen, when you come off the back of a result like you did today, I can't... I can't... It's obviously... It's it, obviously, because you're, you're a football person. Um, and you want to do your best, and you want, you want to do the job to the best of your ability. At the moment, we're not doing that. So how key is Tuesday, or just on a football level, it's, I mean, you mentioned the other side of things, that's a mm. massive game for you, isn't it, Tuesday? Yeah, it's a big game, <laughs> any game you're down there, it's six games to go, I believe now, it's six games to go, and we've got to make sure that we pick up points very quickly, but it's not any more important than what today was. <laughs> Don't mean that's a sound disregard. So they're all they're all big when you're down there, they're all big when you're up there. It's it's there's no game has any less discipline or any less thought process than the next and that's how you've got to be. If I think I can put more into the game on Tuesday, I've not done my job today. So uh they've got to keep make sure we can change things, we can do one or two things maybe a little bit different and see if the outcome may be different as well. So welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. We just heard there from uh, from, from Carl Robinson. Now, I, I mean, f- fans were picking apart his, com- his comments yesterday, and he does he does seem to be sort of going around in circles at one point. I mean, you would have heard early on, in the earliest part of the interview, when, when, he's, when he's speaking to me, he was saying, you know, the mentality of the squad's not good enough. And then later on, when he spoke to the guy from the Sun, he said, um, he said, you know, the mindset's been good for the last two weeks. He's, going, he's sort of going around in circles at the moment, I guess... When when, when you t- the results are as they are, it's, it's sort of time to try and scramble for excuses and, and you're sort <laughs> yeah, of all suppose. over the place at times, sir. And I, I mean, my question, I just try to I try to understand or try to get an answer where, you know, the previous four games, uh, all right, they had the loss against Sheffield United, but um, the, the performances were significantly better than the previous one. I mean, that one against Northampton, for example, I think I tweeted out, was as low as, as, as I'd been as a champion for a long time. Uh, and I thought we'd seen the back of that, you know, we'd sort of put that behind us and we're, we're moving onwards because uh, the, the the next four, we won one, we drew two, and Sheffield United, we probably should have got more than we did, uh, um, although we lost. Uh, and then we've got the two-week break and it's gone back to pre those four games level again, mm. you know. And well, you know, up to the point of the subs, <coughs> we were okay, but... You know, we shouldn't be making the subs and then the whole thing falling apart. I don't grasp it. And up until the subs, as you say, we were okay. We we weren't putting away a poor Peterborough side. So even that for me wasn't wasn't good enough. Yeah. Oh dear. Right. Okay. Uh, Mark Griffiths uh, says that uh, Carl said results aren't good enough and players and I aren't performing how we should be. Uh, that's Carl saying that. He says thought they were playing for their futures and obviously they're. 
guess if they keep performing like they did yesterday, well, they won't have a future at the club, is, is, is what's been implied, apart from the ones who've got contracts and, and whatnot. Uh, Lungigiza says, Buck stops with Robinson. Simple as that, it was an awful appointment from uh, from day one. Mark Fisselton says, I'm just being fussy about my coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, now, Roland Time to Go says, what does uh, Carl Robinson know? Is he thinking a top six budget to get players in? If so, think again. What window have we done that in before? Uh, we all know the young and up and coming will be sold and we will loan and buy cheap. Same old transfer window, round and round uh, we go. Now, uh, it's funny, funny enough, with the... With the accounts that came out for last season the other day, we, we made a huge loss, a £13.5 million loss. So mm. e- even that, I mean, there's, there's various different things that go into that, but even, even that might suggest that we, we even tried to spend money last January, but didn't do it very well at all, did we? <laughs> no, clearly not. <laughs> um, but even then, we only, um, even though we spent more than we have done in a while, we stopped halfway, almost, didn't we? We, we, sort of did, we hit the ground running. We, uh, pre-season, we, we signed, what, three, four players? Uh, and everybody thought, well, at least that's it. Okay, we're uh, we're moving forward. Then we stopped, and then uh, everybody then looked around and thought, well, this is all right, but it's clearly not a good, a, a, a deep enough squad. I think everybody was saying that, and nobody wants to, to to sound like that they knew what was going to happen. But I think we all were a bit concerned that it wasn't going to be good enough. To at least, I don't think anybody thought we'd be where we are now. But I don't think anybody really realistically thought we were going to hit the uh, hit the promotion based on mm-hmm. the, the squad that we had. And it's just got worse from there, isn't it, really? Uh, and then targets we went for in January. We sold uh, um, a best player. Um, we got rid of a couple of others um, and uh, haven't replaced them with uh, not just... Or, I mean, you could argue about the quality of each individual ones, but we haven't replaced them with enough players to, to get us through injuries. You know, we've had McGuinness injured for, for a length of time. We've got <clears throat> the captain, Johnny Jackson, clearly um, is, is struggling to get a full game in. Uh, we've had, uh, well, I think pretty much everybody at Bar Crofts has, has had a timeout for injury, pretty yeah, much. seems mm. like it. Right, Andrew Buckland's just tweeted in saying, time to keep Johnny Jackson a sweeper and let him choose which 10 players he wants to take into battle. It's time that the sleeves were rolled up. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Uh, right, we've got a few emails. Terry, your email situation isn't working, is it? So uh, no, some, for some reason it's blocking me. Blocking you. Uh, okay, so I'll read them out. First one's from Chris Davin. says, uh, have asked this before, but time uh, to again. Does your esteemed studio panel want Robinson here next season, whatever division we are in? Uh, I mean, if we get relegated, I don't think there's any chance there'd be any reason to keep Carl here because we, we shouldn't be relegated with his squad. No. If, if we get relegated, get rid of him. If we stay up, Still, personally, because I'm not a huge fan of too much change, and you want to get a little bit of stability in the club. Personally, I'd keep him, but uh, if if we were, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to like I say I'm not going to pretend that we've been anywhere near good enough over the last few uh, 
over the last few weeks. <clears throat> but personally, I mean, <laughs> for me, the main problem is above the manager's head and and the whole toxicity I, of, of the it, regime. It's, it's almost like the question answers itself if we get a new um, a new regime in, uh, because I think uh, everybody and his dog will know who the new regime will go for. Mm. Uh, it, depending on the type of regime it is, of course. If it's yeah. just another uh, somebody with huge amounts of cash that have their own ideas, then who knows who we'll get. But if it's a regime that, um, assuming it happens, of course, we don't know, um, if, if we do get a, a change at the top uh, and they are sympathetic to what's gone on before, then there'll only be one person coming in, you'd think. Yeah. Uh, have, if, we get this, if we've got the same setup that we have now, then you'd, you'd either expect one or two things to happen. One, uh, he'll go at the end of the season because, um, uh, we, because we have been relegated and, and he'll be the reason according to the uh, to the people at the top and who knows what we're getting after that got no idea i can't see that they'd stick with the same person i just can't see it no i mean it, it wouldn't make any sense well uh, i just can't in, see it. i mean yeah, because track record suggests otherwise yeah exactly yeah uh chris's email says uh, he hides behind an inept regime stability what's that then this is our worst run in years uh, we don't need stability if it's him uh, we signed him after being sacked from a team below us though they're above us now uh, he has proved himself inept beyond belief uh, the stability nonsense is just that nonsense stabilising League 2 next season okay then, if, then, then is it uh, get this man out of my club I'd sack him today wouldn't give him another game uh, right, this one's from uh, from Tom Sperling. It says, "Even in all apologies, not listening live, but we'll have a podcast on tomorrow." Uh, anyway, sun's out, little baby boy uh, on the way in August. Congratulations! Uh, and I've got the green light from the missus to get on the beer all week as I'm on holiday. <laughs> and yet here I am on my Sunday with the hump. Yeah. Cheers, Roland. Still can't have it, all, I suppose, or can I? Come on, you lot know something. Spill the beans. Take over. What do you know? Uh, I don't think we know much more than what's we only out know there. That, we only know that you should be having a much better time than you are. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy what yeah. sounds like an absolutely yeah. uh, wonderful time. So uh, congratulations. Yeah, and it sounds sounds like he would be half cut. And, well, exactly. Right so now, well, so, yeah. and if he is half cut, then the world will seem a better place anyway. Yeah, exactly, uh, until yeah. tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Mark Newbury says, "Evening, chaps. You guys, uh, you have my utmost sympathy for trying to deal with the bones of what's happened over the past few days. I look at our team and think it compares favourably with most of the teams in this league. So, trying to piece together why we can't seem to win is puzzling, to say the least." No, I think the uh, the the lineup does, but it's not a team, and that's part of our problem. Mm. Uh, Mark continues says after going to Welling to see our under 23s I'd say uh, they're not really anyone there who could stick it stick it in to freshen the team at all in previous seasons you could see one or two who looked like they can supplement the squad and Aribo and Konza have proved that but this lot how they're flying up in their league is a bit of a mystery Ahern, Grant and Hanlon both need a season away to toughen up and what's more worrying is that if we go down, half these kids will be in the team, and then it's hello uh, Leighton Orient time. Uh, we have shown the best and worst of the club, with the tribute on Tuesday being offset by those comments made tiring us all with a wide, stupid brush. Uh, there used to be ten of us as a group who sit behind the goal. Now there's three who have season tickets, but there's seven returning for Tuesday to pay respects to a hero who is no longer with us. Uh, and Mrs. Uh, me and Mrs. Chef uh, and I will both be walking with the upbeats it's, uh, as well. It's a pity the football doesn't match the fans efforts and then he says uh, can we get a Jose back from his loan and no, no we can't no, okay. and, and, and you know I, I, the, the whole Jose thing well actually let me go to back first because um, hopefully uh, I'll, I'll meet Mark on the, on, both on the Upbeats walk because I'll be doing it as well uh, so it'd be good to say hello uh, on that day and he's absolutely right about and, and well done for coming back on Tuesday because uh, if we can uh, put um, I know it's difficult but you know especially pre-game put football to one side <coughs> just to uh, to remember somebody who, uh, who gave their likeness. I think um, 
once we get the game underway, that's a different issue. Then we start concentrating on trying to win a football match. But um, everything surrounding it, uh, if we can get a number of the people who have... Uh, I think what it'll do as well, it'll show that Charlton fans haven't walked away from this club entirely. Um, oh, and, definitely. And, yeah. that, uh, and I never thought that was the case, of course, but it, it'll show the wider world. Uh, and I think that's uh, kudos to everybody who does that. By the way. And on the second point, uh, Jose, I don't think he'd—I don't think he'd be in the right vein of form uh, that he is now at our club. If we'd have kept him, yeah, because I don't think he wanted to be here. <laughs> quite well, frankly, we didn't seem to be playing to his strength. Well, that's what. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I, you know, I've, I've approached that subject many a time. I mean, if if you were a if you were a manager of, of any level and you had a player who you knew could score 25 goals in, in the division you're in, you play to his strengths, don't you? Mm. Mm. Is that rocket science, or is it just me? Um, but what do you do? Try and adapt him to the way you want to play, and then he doesn't score any goals? It's a bit counterproductive, and, and that's where we are with him, uh, to the point where he obviously didn't want to be here. Uh, mm. So um, we loaned him out. So I think I don't think he would have been scoring goals for us regardless, uh, and he's obviously at a place where they do play to his strengths. Yeah, right. Uh, we've got a big long email here from from Freddie Saunders, so I'm going to go through it. It covers uh, various uh, topics, and it's a topic. There's obviously game stuff in there. Uh, it also comes on to something which um, uh, a, a situation that I've personally have decided just to try and leave away for as long as possible. But I think yesterday <laughs> and today's actions have made that un- uh, impossible to not get a proper mention on the show. Um, Right, but anyway, let's start with Freddie. Uh, It says, Hi everybody, not really sure where to begin with the events over the weekend. First off, a shout out and a massive appreciation to the 700 or so of us which travelled to uh, London Road. Uh, We're a great bunch and and it seems we continue to find passion and love for the club at a time when uh, there are forces trying so hard to drain it. From uh, from a pitch perspective, we were useless, gutless, and I don't think it has clicked in Robinson's or the players' minds quite how close we are to dropping into the lowest tier of professional football in England, marking our lowest finish in the post-World War Two era for the club. Because I remember uh, a few weeks ago, after we it must have been a home win when Novak came in for a, for a conver- for a, to do the press after. And I think I remember saying like I think I think we we got a result or some sort of result that just pushed us slightly further away from the relegation zone. And I said, you know, did you did did, did you think you were getting sucked into a relegation battle? And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, didn't didn't see you like that at all. Uh, but a, a few weeks we are now. So we are now, yeah. Uh, Freddie says the players didn't fight hard enough yesterday, hence the bellowing from the away end that you're not fit to wear the shirt because they really don't deserve to. The club and its recruitment model of loanies over permanence to save a few bucks is uh, our wrecking havoc on us. In my opinion, loanies will always fight when they're in the playoff or promotion push, but when it's at the other end of the table, they do the complete opposite. They tend to give up, lose faith and heart. When you're in a relegation fight, teams really need to dig in and reflect on finding that drive and motivation to go out there week after week, no matter what, and get points. Uh, But in order to do that, you need to care about the club, and it's extremely difficult for anyone at the moment to feel affection for our club, let alone a loanie who will be off in the summer again. You already know my opinion on Lee Novak. He's absolute rubbish and a waste of space. How he missed a one-on-one with the goalkeeper in the first half is beyond me. He runs around like an absolute moron, and whenever a long ball comes his way, he gets half a touch, passes it backwards again, again, and again. No doubt the debate in regards to the jeering or mocking of the striker is going to come up tonight. In my mind, uh, fans have every right. His lacklustre and awful performances are causing us to crash and burn, losing too many points at the end of the day. Goals and potency win games, which means points on the board uh, with a decent defence as well, which is also an issue. Uh, But I also understand he's not the only person responsible, but his consistent and continuous accumulation of mistakes is unacceptable. I think he should start thinking about retirement. 
Adam Chickson was the only player uh, for me that stood out yesterday. He worked really hard, jumped for balls against some of their physical players, made runs, and it was evident he was trying his hardest. Shame about the other 11, which is funny, really, because then we, we pointed out Chickson for letting the, mm. the geezer run at him for the second goal. So. Yeah, but, <coughs> um, he, had, he had a choice to make and probably chose the wrong one. Yeah. But uh, I agree with him. He played, I, other than that, I thought he played all right. Yeah, right. Uh, he says, right, now moving to the off pitch scenario. Uh, well, in my time, I've been called some things, including a Palace fan of recent times. Yeah, you are, Freddie. <laughs> uh, glad someone took the heat off me for that one for a little while. <laughs> uh, right. Um, now, just before I go into the, the rest of Freddie's email, I guess we should probably um, explain the situation for those uh, who aren't aware, who possibly weren't on Twitter yesterday or on, on the forums and whatnot. Uh, yesterday at full time, where, where the away fans were sitting was in the main stand, same stand as where the press box was, and then in between where we were, Tell, and where the Charlton fans were was a director's box. Now, obviously, it's another disappointing defeat. There's going to be some stick being shouted at, at the director's box. Now, there's a video that, that shows quite clearly uh, Katrine actually doing the right thing in, in that situation in the video. She's just ignoring it, face straight. Uh, same for for the club secretary Chris Parks, and also for I think the Bob the uh, the coach drivers there as well. They're all I mean, th- there's nothing you can do in that situation other than just ignore it, walk off, just get out of the situation. Now, the wife of the club secretary. Uh, th- this is something that's been a bugbear for many fans over the course of however long the season, perhaps even longer. Now, it's, it's something that I've not really wanted to talk about on this show because in my opinion you know if someone if someone wants to be pro regime and talk about it on message boards that's up to them it's not really any of my business and I don't want to turn fighting on message boards into a topic on the show that's not really something I've ever wanted to do but when obviously there was a situation yesterday where everyone was very unhappy at the full-time whistle, Charlton fans were giving stick to to the director's box. I'm not going to sit here and pretend they were saying, "Oh, that was not bloody good enough." There, there was probably swearing. There was probably all sorts in there. But as I've already said, the only way you can react to that is just ignore it and just get out of there. Unfortunately, there's a video that appears to show the secretary uh, secretary's wife sort of waving, waving the fans away, almost smiling and smirking. Uh, I think it's a full time, it appears to be, the, the, the video. Um, and considering this is a, a fan who's, a, a, a person who's also been on the message boards, um, implying that, you know, the fans who are protesting, is, is, you know, it's, it's not their place, they, they shouldn't be doing that. You know, like I say, that's an opinion, but when it gets taken into the ground and at the full time whistle, when there's obviously a, a high pressure situation, everyone's unhappy. Mm. I think the way that was reacted to then... If you're in the director's box, it doesn't matter what your role is. If you've been taken into the direct, if I get taken into the director's box as, as for whatever reason, I don't. I'm not welcome. But <laughs> if that ever happens, you, you sit down and you behave. Basically, that that um, goading of, of the Charlton fans is what it appeared to be to me. If it was, a re- or if it was a reaction as well, it probably is a reaction to stuff that's being said. But it's, it's then goading the fans back. That is completely unacceptable for someone who sat in the director's box representing our football mm. club. Um, the, the fact that this person doesn't actually work for the club themselves uh, doesn't make, make any difference. They're taken into that director's into that director's box by the club. Therefore, I mean, we all know. I mean, there's nothing I want more at this football club. I'd love it if it turned out tomorrow that Roland is actually the best person on earth. We've got the best owner. We've got the best CEO. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy together. At the moment, it's nowhere near that. When uh, some when the club desperately, desperately, desperately needs to improve its communication and it's, it's standing with its own fan base, to have that happen in the director's box was an absolute joke. 
Mm, yeah, I I don't think there's too much really I can I can add to what you've said already. Um, for uh, you know personally, I'm lucky in that I've not been sat in that position and been yelled at and screamed at and had abuse thrown at me either. Um, and that must be awful. But as I said to Terry before we started the show today, and as you've just said there, you see Katrien in that video and she just ignores it and she looks forward and she ignores it and for all of her faults and for all of the criticism we've had uh, when that's happening that's the right thing to do you've just got to do that because anything else is going to be leapt on and given her husband's position um given the fact she's in that director's box she needs to just take a deep breath and ignore it um and she hasn't and i think the reaction from charlton fans is you know it's not surprised me i think we'll probably go on to to perhaps go on to talk about what what's happened worse. in the wake yeah but i think just in that position as well that just needed to be ignored and it might not be easy you know when you've got people shouting at you like that but do you know what when you're in that position that's what you need to do um and it wasn't and and as you say it looked like it was goading or dismissing or whatever it was and and that's not on like, like i say i mean fans fans are entitled to their opinion as are people mm. who you know as is as is the, the person in question here i'm not I, that's why i've never been one for because I, I, I didn't want to talk about this on tonight's mm. show but after yeah. everything that's happened over the last couple of days it's going to be something that's going to be talked about um but yeah like i say what, what happened then is uh it, i mean and, and it's got nothing it's got nothing to do with the fact it's a free ticket i don't care about that <laughs> no, you know, that, no that, that, that is fine that is standard procedure for football clubs to have to have people who get free tickets that's standard i expect to see it you know we've all t- i'm sure we've all in our in our day jobs and in other jobs whatever taken advantage of a freebie when we can get one i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything about that i have no problem with that whatsoever but it's just it's just a position in the club when as a club we need to show that we're trying to work together that was just a complete opposite of it i think if i'm sat uh, in a chair and five six chairs away from me someone's screaming abuse at me uh, but we're both in the same area, then we're going to have a row. Yeah. No, no question about it. If you, and the sort of abuse, uh, which I don't condone, by the way, that's been thrown uh, at anybody, I don't, I don't agree with. But if you're doing it to me and I'm in the same area as you, then we're going to have a row. No question about it. If I'm in a place where, um, and I, I perceive the director's box to be one of those places and certain other places, uh, like if I'm in a church and somebody's screaming abuse at me, then I'd, I'd bide my time. You, you don't, that's not the time. It's not the time to react. It's not. There's times and a place, and that isn't it. And you have to, regardless of what's being thrown at you, I'd, I'd say, you have to hold uh, hold some sort of higher ground uh, mm. because of where you are. Um, and uh, sadly, that didn't happen. Uh, and I, I'd still go back and say I don't agree with some of the stuff that's been it's uh, been said, but. Uh, I certainly don't agree with um, with with what's happened since. Well, that because, because mo- most of this stuff is a message board argument sort of stuff, Facebook mm. arguments, and that's you know that's why we've not touched it as well. Because if you if you want to go on any of the forums, there's arguments every every which way. Yeah. People call each other stuff they shouldn't call. People would have called this person in particular stuff they shouldn't have called him as well. Which which you know which obviously we we say you can't do that, um, but because of the way it's all blown up and it was, it was always going to get mentioned, now we should probably consider. Uh, continue Freddie's email, but I'm just going to start off by just God. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to do this, but it's part of the for the context of the email. I'm just going to read a quick part of of uh, of a Facebook message today from the same person. It says uh, it's time some of our fans realised seriously and thought about. Uh, the fact that the sad and terrible reason we'll be having a memorial for PC Palmer on Tuesday night is due to one person allowing hatred to burn uh, them until they committed an atrocity so wicked that has uh, destroyed many lives. Hatred that stemmed from the dislike of others and their ways. Time for them to seriously think about 
bringing the club back together. As Nelson Mandela said, we weren't born with hate in our hearts, we have to be taught to hate. Too many people these days are trying to teach others to hate. Now, we're all, I'm, you know, we're all devastated as what's happened over the last few weeks. I mean, from a, from a personal point of view, I work in Westminster, um, there's plenty of people, I'm sure prob- there's pro- probably people out there who listen to the show are police officers. I know for a fact there are. T- to, to use what happened <laughs> last, last week and then to try and compare that to what happened in a bloody football game, that's outrageous. It's ill-advised at best. Um, and whether or not that's how it was meant to come across, I don't know. But it's uh, just to use it in the same context is wrong. Just wrong. There's, there's no there's no justification for it. It's just wrong. Yeah. However, it was meant, uh, mm. and it may have been meant with the best intentions. What, but what worries it was meant it shouldn't have been used. What worries me is that how it comes across exactly. is it's either a genuine comparison of that event and people shouting at football, or it seems to make light of what happened the other week. Uh, and either way, and I'm sure that is not what was meant to be said, yeah. but the way it comes across, it's, and it's the same word I've used time and time and time again. Like Terry said, it's ill-advised. It's so naive to go on there and say something like that when emotions are running high as it is. And we're, we are, Charlton fans are all coming together on Tuesday night to pay tribute to that man who gave his life for not only to save those people, but the police force that do it every day to put their lives on the line for, for everyone. It's, like you say, I it, I find it very difficult to talk about it because it just made me feel so sick that someone's wanting to make that comparison. It's just it's just bang out of order. Mm. Just completely, you you just can't do that. You just can't. Right. So Freddie obviously reacted to to that as well. He said. Uh, so as we said, he the last line was he's, he's been called many things, including a palace fan, which, which we all know Freddie is. <laughs> uh, he said a terrorist. That's definitely a new one. Not sure what was going through her mind when she's been writing on Facebook, this is absolutely no way that Chris Parks has any idea what she's saying on there. She's absolutely ruining his good name and reputation, which he has built up over the last 29 years at the club. And that's another reason why I've been un- unwilling to touch this. I mean, I've never met Chris Parks. I think you have, Tom. I was about, yeah. But, um, I as well. He's a lovely man. Yeah, but exactly, exactly yeah, from people I know who work with him, all I ever hear about Chris Parks is, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't know what Chris's opinion is on anything, but all I hear is he's a professional, excellent at his job. He's been here for donkey's years. He's part of the furniture at the Valley, and, you know, we like people who are part of the furniture at the Valley. Uh, but if you see, if you look at the, the sort of reaction from from people like Matt Wright, who used to work at the club, Jimmy Stone, who used to work at the club, they've they've all said similar stuff yesterday and today. I'd never wanted to touch this until now. It has to be said, mm. and that's the, it was the same for me yesterday. Really, like when once it came into the football stadium at full time, when there was goading and whatnot going on, that's when it completely crossed the line. Um, especially when said person is sat right next to the CEO of the club that, like I said, if it was up to me, we'd turn things around tomorrow and, and we'd all love Katrina and we'd all love Roland, but it's not going to happen. But if it was up to me, that would happen and we'd have to try and work together and this sort yeah. of stuff. That's not going to help, is it? Um, but yeah, but the fact that these people came out yesterday and said they had to say something just shows how far over the line things really went yesterday. Um, uh, Freddie continues she continues to support the mission and desire of Roland de Chatelet and Catherine Mayer to move away from ambition into submission from aspiration to deterioration uh, and thought it was appropriate to smile after Charlton succumbed to another defeat unfortunately I think her actions have made Chris Park's position under at the club under a new ownership untenable she's become part of my, a part of the disease and 
pestilence which looms over the valley. I have no doubt in my mind with a new owner coming in, it, uh, they will want to engage with our fans and will want to rebuild in unity rather than risk a fight which no owner can ever win. Uh, she has truly become part of the rotten disease at the club which must be removed at all costs uh, as part of the repairing and rebuilding process under new ownership. The recent video from the Belgian 20 shows Roland does not deny the fact that he's selling when confronted over the weekend, so new ownership may be uh, on the horizon sooner uh, than we think. Uh, he says, uh, a poll I ran on, on the 72, which is a football website, had the following results. The poll started Sunday morning. Uh, I think he forgot to put the results in, actually. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, thanks as always for running the show. It's uh, enjoyed by many of us and massive respect for being able to run the show in the last three years, which is no doubt been one hell of a task uh, you're sincerely, <laughs> sincerely Freddie Saunders the Palace man <laughs> fair play Freddie thanks thanks for your email um, like I said that, that was a, a hugely difficult topic to, to cover for us because it's something we want to tread carefully and it's something that I didn't I never really wanted to have to talk about on this show but it's but it's come to that um, Steve Lovedow said some people have class some don't uh, some are where they are because of who they married not because of who they are uh, and I've had a couple of people saying so I mean Steve ended it with hashtag ignore her and someone else Rick also said why don't, why don't we just ignore her mm. and I think that, that is probably that for the Facebook stuff that, that, that is my stance as well just ignore it there's, if you want to have an argument on Facebook on the forums there's plenty of arguments out there to be had that I didn't, that didn't particularly want to have to have those arguments on this show as well uh, the fact that it's um, the fact that it started happening in the ground yesterday and, and the video and all that meant it was going to get mentioned anyway so, so there you go uh, Claire says uh, regardless of what was meant by it was just disrespectful to many but mostly disrespectful to a grieving family now we're going to have a, a quick break I think here on Charlton Live I need a quick break <laughs> and, then, um, uh, and then we'll be back in uh, in 30 seconds or so and we're talking only about positive Charlton stuff for the rest of the for the rest of the show <laughs> So welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. I promised you positivity and Charlton-related content for the rest of the show, and that's what I'm delivering. Um, now, obviously, Charlton is a superb community club. We've got the best community trust of all football clubs, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because they lend us a studio, but also because they are genuinely... <laughs> uh, they're, they're genuinely so, so good at what, at what they do. Um, I mean, how many times have we spoke about trust initiatives th- this season and, and um, you know the kick racism out of football, that sort of stuff, um, uh, the, the the knife crime stuff, and, and this week's is I think it's, it's probably wrong to have a favourite cause that the trust do because they, they do so much good work. But 
the upbeats probably is the, is the favourite cause of, of Charlton fans. And uh, next week, uh, the two people sat opposite me on on, on this desk are going to be a part of the uh, the, the uh, upbeats walk from from uh, the uh, the training ground to 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 the valley before the the game with Southend. Um, and I'm putting a challenge out to the listeners now. If there's anyone who's listening. Uh, who's planning on coming to the game next week, but hasn't signed up to the um, to the walk yet? Uh, I'm going to play you now a, a little sort of call to arms, really, from from Terry Pertz from the uh, Charlton Athletic Community Trust. Uh, listen to how he tells you to sign up and try and sign if, if you if you're up for it. If you if you can walk nine miles, which Terry can, so surely everyone else yeah, can. exactly that. Yeah. Uh, so so pretty much, uh, if, if you can do it, it'd be it'd be so great to hear if someone signed up tonight during this interview. And if you do, make sure you drop us an email, tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can put a, a comment on the thread. If you're signed up tonight, sign up tonight. <laughs> tell us, and we'll read your name. Sounds like you're on commission. <laughs> yeah. Well, it don't cost anything to sign up anyway, so I'll get a percentage of that. Uh, but anyway, I, co- I spoke to Terry on on Friday night just to find out how to sign up uh, and why and why people do this this great cause. So this is Terry Pertz from the Child Athletic Community Trust. Joining us now on Charlton Live is Terry Pertz, who's the uh, Disability and Mental Health Officer for the Community Trust. Good evening, Terry. How are you? Good evening. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Now, um, the reason you're on, on tonight's show is because, of course, next uh, next Saturday the game with Southend is, is going to be Upbeats Day at the Valley and uh, there's still places to be booked on the Upbeats Walk. Yeah, definitely. We, uh, you know, we hope to get a few more uh, people signed up to the walk. I think so far it's sitting at uh, about 180, 190 people. So to break the 200 barrier would be great. Yeah. So obviously the the fans can go onto the the trust website to to sign up up until sort of Friday Friday afternoon, Friday morning, maybe. Yeah, the easiest way is to go onto the the trust website, um, click on um, under bookings. Uh, where you'll find the link to the uh, to the Upbeats Walk, um, or you can also ring up the the trust office. We can take bookings over the phone. Yeah, and obviously, um, th- this is an event that has really caught the imagination of the Charlton fans over the last few years. Um, it- it's-, it's a special day, really, isn't it, at the Valley? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, it's just the third year. Um, we're trying to make it the biggest and uh, the best yet. Um, Obviously, thanking the the walkers and supports the last two years, this is a free event, so um, doesn't cost anything to sign up. Um, and really, yeah, we're trying to obviously uh, raise the awareness of the upbeats and more importantly, raise funds to keep the, the program running. Um, the program's only sort of runs on donations and auctions. Uh, there's no uh, funding attached to it, so that's why we sort of have to try and fundraise every year to try and uh, keep these lads playing football. Yeah, and obviously, as well as um, helping to raise money. Uh, for the upbeats, there's other there's other excellent reasons to go on the walk as well. And not least, you might get the chance to meet a few Charlton legends. Yeah, definitely. You've got um, Mike Flanagan and Derek Howells joining us this year, which is great. Um, and also, you've got the uh, the guys from um, last year, Cole Lieber and Bob Boulder and Simon Webster, also uh, joining. They've done it the last two years, but um, really do get involved and you know love the sort of uh, the atmosphere that goes with the day as well. Mm, yeah, it looks like it's, it's a nine-mile walk from from the training ground to the valley. But you get um, you get sort of breakfast, teas and coffees. You get a t-shirt, and uh, you'll get you'll get a hot meal when you get to the valley as well. Uh, and also a chance to watch the upbeats play um, Brian and Hove Albion's Down Syndrome team as well. And um, I remember watching the upbeats game last year. I think it was against Derby. Um, our upbeats are pretty good, aren't they? They are. Yeah, to be honest, they um, the tournaments we enter, um, they really hold their own. Um, I think that's due to having the funds really um, obviously by doing the fundraising is to give them more opportunities to play football so they play uh, every month in the Pan Disability League in Maidstone run by the Kent FA um, and that's Pan Disability so they're playing against 
uh, various of uh, uh, adults with disabilities, and they're the only registered Down syndrome team playing that. Um, and also, so obviously, they've they've gained lots of confidence and uh, and and mainly made them a better a team all round, really playing in that in that disability league. Um, also, we take them to to Belfast. We, we're doing the Belfast trip again this year, which is our second year. Um, again, a massive opportunity for them to play um, against. And there were 78 pan disability teams last year there. And I think because of they, they enter these competitions and um, the reason we fundraise is to give them these opportunities, um, it makes them, uh, when they play against other Down syndrome teams from the DS Active, it makes them sort of head and shoulders above the rest, um, in all honesty. But, you know, hopefully, um, as years get on, we'll we probably get a bit more competition um, and only time will tell. And as you say, um, the the, uh, the, uh, the the team needs needs to raise funds to continue doing all this. I mean, it, it was an incredible amount of money raised last year, wasn't it? And uh, are you hoping to surpass oh, that this year? Yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. I mean, but, um, you know, like you say, that was a, a massive amount. And if we can get anywhere close to that, it'd be amazing. Um, but, you know, wherever we do get, we, you know, we, we thank the fans for uh, digging into their pockets and, um, and, and helping, you know, keep the upbeat running. So... Um, any, any, you know, anything sort of uh, accounts, but uh, if we can sort of hit or get anywhere near last year, that'd be quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, for, so, so like I say, those, those fans who aren't going to be able to do the walk, uh, well, what's the easiest way for them to, to donate to the Upbeats? Uh, so if you go onto the uh, the trust uh, website, um, the, uh, the 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 fundraising, the Just Giving link is there, um, so you can go onto there and and and, and donate, which. Uh, should be really grateful um, or, or you can easily just phone in and make donations over the phone into the trust um, and just let them know it's for the Upbeats Walk Excellent stuff, right, so as we say it's, uh, the walk's not till next Saturday uh, before the South End game, so so one last push really to get as many people on the, on that walk Yeah, it'd be great I mean, if, uh, if, we can get, if we can get another sort of 100 people on book time over the next week it'd be fantastic um, Like I say, you get free breakfast um, tea, coffee, pastries, walking t-shirt um, and at the other end in the lounge, we've got uh, some hot food for everyone. And then the chance to see the upbeats, obviously, playing the Valley Pitch, which is not often done um, by anyone, or if not anyone, um, is, is to play against the Brighton um, DSA team. So uh, it'd be great to see them, their faces light up when they run out of that tunnel. Excellent stuff. Well, the, the, the upbeats day is always a, always one of the best days at the Valley. I'm, I'm already looking forward to next Saturday. Thanks for, for coming on Channel Live this evening, Terry, to, uh, to, to drum up some more support for the walk. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Lou. Thanks for the call. Throws it in towards the box, towards Pierce. Gets his head. That's a head. Oh! And another penalty for Charlton. And have a second chance to redeem themselves, the Addicts. Heard protesting his, Indian, uh, his innocence, but his hand was up. And Pierce's head are cannoned off Heard's arm. Can he maintain his composure? As he steps up to strike this right footed. He does. And yes! there is the goal! Down the bottom left hand corner. And Charlton. A play to get out of jail free card here, you've got to say, as Nicky Jose pulls Charlton back level. From the home of, time, the home of time, this is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. I don't do mine, I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss he does it. <laughs> Charlton Live. <laughs> Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. That was Terry from the Charlton Athletic Community Trust, uh, drumming up some more support, hopefully, for the uh, the Upbeats March next week. Now, sort of mentioned uh, on there, now there's 
there's some some legends of of yesteryear, Terry. You know, you're going to be in charge of um, keeping uh, Flanagan and, and Hales apart, apart, aren't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ever since uh, that fight against Maidstone, I've interviewed them separately. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure how we get on. Uh, I mean, we, we didn't trust them to be in the same room. <laughs> so <laughs> how many years ago was that? About thirty years ago. Yeah, it was against Mason United. I was there as well. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and there are lots of reasons for it, but none of them, n- neither of them, whom would uh, would admit to the to, to the reasons, which you can understand, I suppose. But apparently, all is well, and so we should be fine. And and if there are two hundred plus people in between the two of them, we should be all right. Yeah, I mean, um, Ray could let let Bailey loose if 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 he needs some someone calming yeah. down. The, the, the German Shepherd. <laughs> no, Bailey's too nice, though. Eh? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> therapy he's, dog. I learned he's, this he's week. That's gorgeous, what he's called. He's a therapy dog. dog. Is, is, is yeah. Bailey. Uh, um, uh, so I'm I'm hoping to try and grab a couple of uh, a bit of an interview for. Oh, you. definitely. Yeah, if I can. That's your task. Depends if I can get to them because I'm uh, I'm uh, my PA gear is going to uh, set, set everybody off, so I'm always last to leave. So I've got to catch uh, up uh, with everybody else, which yeah. uh, in my physical condition isn't the easiest thing on the planet. I've no, got to tell you. No. Uh, so um, uh, I might get Tom. I might rope Tom in. He can do some work. Well, I think I think with all due respect to, to Tom, we need someone who actually saw players of that age group um, play. No, I don't mean no, I don't mean <laughs> interview them. I mean lug the gear back. Oh right. Oh, <laughs> so, oh yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, Tom, you can do that. I mean Tom, that Tom, I can do. Yeah. yeah Tom, Tom, Tom will be in charge of uh, interviewing the more recent legends. I, th- I think he said the the, the likes Carl of Lieben's Lieben, there. I got yeah, an interview at Carl Lieben, well. uh, I missed Webbo last year. He sneaked off, and I yeah. missed him. So we've got to get Webbo this year. Yeah. Uh, I did Simon and Bob Boulder. Was Bob Boulder? You can't stop Bob Boulder talking. So you're yeah. always going to get Bob Boulder yeah. on the interview. Yeah. And uh, obviously, if you so if you if you let us know if you're going to sign up for for next week's uh, March and obviously um, you'll get to meet Nathan as well uh, who's who's going to be out there so if you want to meet Nathan uh, you can do so right Ray is on, is on the forum he says travelling up on Tuesday to pay my respects which will be my first time uh, inside the valley for nigh on three years I will continue to, vi- uh, to visit with the upbeats next Saturday as I've done for the past three years the rest of it not until they've gone uh, Carly Byrne says uh, not the Carly Byrne Carly Byrne on the forum says uh, I'm absolutely horrified the details of, uh, of this uh uh, latest discussion in uh, Sue Park's rant needs to be sent to the media at large. It's completely uh, unacceptable. And our Elsborg addict on the forum says, uh, you know, obviously just for the break, I promise we're only going to talk about positive Charlton stuff for the rest of the show. Uh, he says, they've gone for a break, finishing off with the, the, the remainder show is going to be talking only positive Charlton stuff. Uh, I didn't realise the show was about to end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, in fairness, is going to have to now. No. <laughs> um, uh, so, the, uh, the, the PC Palmer tribute, uh, which obviously we've touched on throughout the, the show, um, what, what's going to happen on Tuesday? Uh, obviously, there is a football game that needs to be played and needs to be won, but it's so so much more. And you know, we, we we talked about on Thursday, and fans have been talking about on 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 the social media throughout the week that we really want to try and just get as many as many fans as possible to come to come on Tuesday because it's gonna it's gonna be such a, a poignant a, a poignant game. Really, I've seen I've seen a couple of fans saying, "Oh, oh if, if you." If, if you if you want to donate money to then why, why not just give it straight to the family rather than spend it 50-50 with the club but I, I I sort of see that viewpoint but in my opinion it's not about the it's money about it's about the money. fact that we want to see thousands and thousands of people sat in that east stand or sat in the north stand sat in, in the valley to show as a, as a, a show of support as, as a visual image if, if this valley which has been known on, on, on Tuesday nights in particular has been so empty if all of a sudden it, it's, it's, it's gone up by 10,000 people that's going to show I mean, that, that, that's, that, that will probably even mean more than money to the family because oh, it will just respect. show that everyone everyone has come together for yeah, them with respect I think the last thing the family's currently thinking about is cash yeah the very last thing I mean it'll come they'll come to a point where that will rear its ugly head unfortunately but at this particular time it isn't about uh, the cash uh, as, as generous as, as people have already been 
uh, it's about um, showing respect to uh, uh, to, uh, to not just P.C. Palmer, of course, but um, all the people that lost their lives, but especially P.C. Palmer because he was one of us. Yeah, and there'll be fans who, I remember, like, when the, the sad news emerged that, that it was P.C. Palmer who passed away the first, you know, straight away you saw a, a, the odd Charlton fan on, on Twitter or on the forum saying that they knew him. So there's, whereas... For those of us who didn't know him, it's a, it's a Charlton family thing and, and a you know, Londoner thing and a rich person thing and, and, and a world citizen thing. For, for the, There's going to be people inside this ground who, who knew him personally and, and it's just going to be so difficult for them. And that's why it's important that, you know, as a physical show of people turning up, I think is so important. Mm, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a show of solidarity. As you say, it's, it's people coming together, not only to, to, as I say, celebrate his life, thank him for, for giving his life for, for people... Um, as Terry says, paying tribute to the others that lost their lives as well, because it, it's a London, a London-based thing as well. But as you say, there are fans here who, may, uh, and as I said on Thursday, they may not have known him per se, but they still sat next to him. And it, you know, and I'm a Charlton fan who doesn't even sit in the same block. But it, he, as you said, he's one of our own. He he is a Charlton fan. We're all Charlton fans, and it's a chance to come together and say thank you for for what he did. The message I'm seeing from 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 that I did see on on the night on Twitter is people who who sat near him knew him. Like as mm. in, it sounds like oh, he was right. the sort of person who would who would, I mean he was he was in that he was in that seat for I think Ollie when he, when he checked the records he said it was at least. 10, 15 years mm. and I was checking as far back as the records went so he would have sat in and he travelled as well by all accounts so yeah. uh, he went home and away so a lot of people who, who go away every week mm. would would have recognised his face yeah. no question yeah now there, there were other gestures as well um, and like I say for, for whatever everyone said about Carl talking too much and, and this and that I thought um, when Carl was asked about it during, during press down first I thought, I thought he said exactly the right things and showed, showed exactly the, the, you know, the sort of heart that you'd expect from your Charlton manager in this situation I thought he did really well there uh, another thing that the, uh, the, the players are doing is they're going to donate their appearance fee so as Ollie explained on, on our show on Thursday uh, players get paid more, like they get their weekly wage but then by playing they get more so if you're playing or on the bench and then come off the bench or whatever you get an extra fee uh, and that's going to be donated as well and I thought that was it sounds like Jacko sort of came up with that according to, according to Carl and you'd no <laughs> expect really absolutely nothing <laughs> less wouldn't you um, uh, finally I, I, there's a few other things I saw I saw a prototype of the shirt uh, there's going to be embroidery on the shirt I don't know if they, they I think they're putting his, uh, his PC his, number on yeah his warrant, warrant, warrant number, number yeah. on, on the sleeve by the sounds of it and then the hashtag we stand together on the back and then I think it has it will have his name in the chest that's and I'd imagine they'd be auctioned for, for, yeah. for the family I wondered yeah I assume they'd I'd imagine that. so and then, and then um, what, will, what will be one of the, the saddest and the most poignant visually uh, you know shows of respect that they're, they're going to do is, is, is obviously see I mean the the way the club handled it the day after with the scarf I mean that was just such a beautifully yep. understated but perfect um, res- response in, immediately and, and now they, they're going to take his seat out and change it to a white seat and it's, it's, it's just going to look it's, it's going to be so sad when, when you look over to that east stand and you're just going to see one empty white seat because you know fully well the reason for it, yeah, yeah. The, the reason for it, and it, it will just, it'll, 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 yeah, that's going to be there for the rest of the season before uh, a lasting memorial is going to be put outside the ground. And again, all he sort of said, uh, the reason for that is because I mean, people will want to come to pay their respects, and unless you've got an East Stand ticket, you're not going to be able to get to that mm. seat. So the best thing will have something probably in the. Uh, I think I think he said near the statue actually. To, that's of, what he of said. Yeah. So I'd still like them. I mean, I, I know it might you know it might be difficult to do, especially in the current uh, climate, but I'd like to give that seat to the family. You know, the, the season ticket seat. Yeah. Well, and uh, so it's theirs for life. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but Tony Watt um, offered to, that, to, yeah. to buy that season ticket for his family. 
uh, on a Twitter. Nice touch, then. Yeah, good. which was, which was another good a good touch as well. But you know, it's going to be really special. The, the club has said bring flowers as well if you want. You can leave them outside the the, the next to the uh, the Sam Bartram statue. But like I say, uh, Tuesday night is is. There's football to be played, but it's, it's going to be so. It's going to be an, an incredible night, and the world the world's going to be watching as well. And so it's it's, it's only right that, that that we show huge levels of respect. Absolutely, no question about it. And I think you know, up to this point, the, the club has, you know, it's had its detractors. Uh, although we know, um, you know, the principal protagonists at uh, the club who are behind this, and it's not a surprise, not a surprise at all. They're good people, um, and uh, it's it's uh, you know, the club has done uh, has done. The family, uh, show, showing the family and the situation, great respect. Yeah, and like I say, Carl said some very good things. And I've got, you know, I've got no, no. Um, I think there's no harm in naming. I think, I think that Ollie's played a big part, exactly and I'm sure that. Mick's played exactly a big part that. in that as well. And uh, you know, members of the media team and, and very, like I say, charming people within within the club have done exactly the right thing, and we send our, our thanks to them. Uh, there is four minutes left. I did say we we're only going to talk about positive charm stuff, but because there's four minutes left, we probably ought to say that. Relegation battle game on, on Tuesday night. <laughs> That's um, that, that is squeaky bum time, isn't it? Once, once all the the shows of respect and the minute silence are over, there, there is a game of football. That that's a huge game of football. It is. I mean, I, I remember looking at the situation when we first started talking about uh, being embroiled in the old relegation scrap, and I looked at our upcoming fixtures, and I and I was worried about them. And I, th- I think you know, I was looking at it and thought, yeah, we've got three win- really winnable games, but sadly, they're the last three. And up to that point, we're up against teams that are, uh, uh, you know, are, are going to be tough. Um, bearing in mind they shouldn't be, but they are. And I think that situation is still panning out. I mean, the last three games for us are uh, Swindon at home, uh, Chesterfield away, and uh, and Gillingham at home. Now, uh, Coventry before that as well, I suppose, arguably. And Gillingham, I sort of discounted because you're never quite sure because it's um it, it, it's always a a tough uh, tough battle that one. But, um, you know, I'm looking at the points that we could get and then looked at around at the points that everybody else has get, uh, could get in the fixtures that they've got coming. Uh, and we need to hit, in my opinion anyway, we need to hit um, uh, 50, 51, 52 points. Yeah. So we're going to need one victory for sure. And that might do it. One victory may be enough. Mm. But uh, two should do it. Yeah. Carl was asked that question, wasn't he, by the, the, the fellow from the side towards the end of, of the interview, which you would have heard earlier on, on tonight's channel live. Uh, and he says he said he didn't think one win will be enough. I mean, when, when you're only four points above those teams below you, and we know the the standard is 50 points, but as you say, Terry, you've worked it out. I think it, 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 just, it just feels like there's a lot of teams that with, with a sort of higher amount of points this year than, than perhaps is usual. I don't know. I don't well, know. You look at, I mean, let's just take one example. You look at Gillingham, for example, who are around us. Uh, they've got to play Millwall, um, which uh, which is no easy game, especially, uh, uh, again, because of the uh, locality. Uh, they've got to play Bristol Rovers, who are, uh, are, are chasing that playoff spot. They're up against us. Uh, then they've got to play Fleetwood, who are chasing not only pr- playoffs but promotion as well. Uh, and then uh, they've got to play final game of the season against Northampton, which is probably their easiest one of the bunch, and that's mm. away from home. So, yeah. you know, you look at their fixtures and you think, well, they might get, they, they just might get, um, you know, five or six points out of that, which only which puts them on 51. Now, we're on 47, so that's why I said we need one win for sure, probably two to be mm. absolutely safe. And then, of course, it, I mean, it is such a lottery when you get towards the end of the season, whether you're playing teams at the top who are under pressure to get into those playoffs or... Or teams down the bottom. Wrong, by the way. If yeah. we end, if we play like we did the uh, last, or the, if we play like we did against Northampton in the last twenty minutes to half hour that we did yesterday, then we're you know we are in deep doo-doo's. Yeah, but yeah. you'd expect us to get one win, maybe two at a push. Yeah, 
hopefully. Tom, are you, feeling, are you feeling confident? I mean, no, <laughs> no, not even close. I, I still stand by the fact that, I, in my opinion, I think we just need the one. But as I said, I just don't know where that one's going to come. We've had good performances over the last month or so, every now and again. But even those good performances haven't always yielded results. So, like we were talking earlier about Novak and just needing one off his backside or whatever it takes, we almost just need that from the whole team. Just one scrappy result, and let's just get to to the end of what's been yet another appalling season and, and try yet again to actually rebuild over the summer and start a season properly. Um, but there's no Bizarrely, guarantee that. I think, I think that's likely to happen if it's going to happen at all away to Coventry mm. because the pressure's off. You're not at home. It's going to be a fairly empty stadium anyway. Admittedly, there's going to be protests. There's going to be big protests by the sounds uh, of it. Yeah. But uh, it's still going to be a game with slightly less pressure than, than at home. Mm. And I think we might sneak a, a win at Coventry and then maybe a couple of draws. Right. Well, my worry is that that's so far away that you know, if we've lost a couple before that, and pressure we're one point yeah. off, then suddenly the pressure's right back up. But I don't know. Hopefully, well, hopefully we'll get it Tuesday and Tuesday and then uh, South End. Unfortunately, yeah. Right. Well, always even wanting more, and uh, what we want is more points. Um, that, this has been Charlton Live for another week. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, there's been lots of very difficult things to talk about. Thank you, Terry, for coming in. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, Lee. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. We'll be back on Thursday to preview. Uh, who we play next Saturday? Southend. Something else to look. Something else to look forward to. Uh, we'll see you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do. Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.